This is Duchess Willow of EbonyFemdomPhoneSex.com welcoming you back to the realm of the Duchess. If you've been following the Halloween blog train from the beginning of the month, you already know that to date we have had a blog post for every single day of October. Your last stop was Mistress Scarlet's Tickle Torture in the Forest. And when you last met the Ebony Femdom in the woods, some silly man got lost in the forest and he ended up servicing several hundred trees. If you missed that, go back to my Friday the Fuckteenth post to read. If you missed any of the blog posts, there will be links on my blog if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, You can start with Miss Constance in the Giantess Cave and work your way down. And now, let's see who's poking around the forest. Here's your next story, titled, Locktober Pegging in the Enchanted Woods. You don't really believe all those crazy stories about the forest, do you? Two men stood by the water cooler, chatting and sipping coffee. The other of the two shook his head. I don't know. I'm just saying, what if there's a possibility the stories are real? Maybe the forest is haunted. And what about all the men that disappear there every year? If you don't believe the stories, why don't you go see for yourself? A woman's voice replied. Both men turned and looked at their co-worker. The skeptic scoffed. Oh, I bet you'd love that, wouldn't you? Both of us disappearing into the woods. The woman laughed. I don't believe the stories either, but instead of arguing about it, why not go check it out? If it's not real, what could be the harm? Seed had now been planted, as it always would be. Both men turned to look at each other as the woman left the kitchen. Road trip? Both men nodded. Road trip it is. Everyone knew that every year something strange happened in the forest. Men went missing or returned too terrified to say what happened to them. There was also a myth going around that men who ventured into the forest during October got locked in chastity. Which may beg the question, what's worse? Disappearing never to be seen again or returning locked in chastity, never able to use your dick again? No one seemed to be able to answer that question either. The men who did return didn't want to talk about their forest ordeal. Some went mad and were institutionalized. So, our protagonists... Kel and Hicks decided they would see what the big deal was about the forest. They found the entrance to the forest easily enough. By the time they got there, the sun was going down. Both men had decided to camp in their car and take a look around the forest that evening. They stopped in a nearby bar and had a few drinks, both of them cracking jokes about how silly these urban myths are and how they'd probably find nothing but trees and forest creatures. As they were drinking, 
The door to the bar swung open with a bang. A man came running in. He was covered in dirt and leaves, and his clothes were all ripped up, falling off of him. Please, please, you gotta help me. Please get this thing off me. He was screaming, frantic. Several barred patrons went over to find out what was wrong. After some pitiful wailing, he backed away from them, wide-eyed and yelling. This place is cursed. He looked right at the two men, shaking his head violently. Don't go in there. You'll never be the same. The man turned and ran out the door just as quickly as he came, leaving the men bewildered. What the fuck was that about? Kel asked. Hicks shrugged. Probably had too much to drink, you know, lots of Halloween parties this time of year. Only a few seconds after the man fled, the door swung open again, and a woman wearing an all-black leather motorcycle jumpsuit and helmet walked in. She took her helmet off, and both men stared. Her jet black hair was pulled back into a ponytail. Her dark eyes scanned the bar before sitting down. The leather she was wearing hugged every curve and over her shoulder was a matching black leather satchel. After ordering a lager, the woman took a sip and then turned to the two men. Hey, you guys local? The men shook their heads. We're just here to check out the forest. The woman smirked. Seems to be a draw here. I take it you're not local either, Kel asked. She took another sip before replying. I have ancestry here, well, maybe. According to the information I was given, and some artifacts found in the forest several decades prior, they chatted for a turn, the woman telling them about her impending trip to the woods and something in her satchel. I'm hoping I can find out where it came from. It? Kel replied. The woman looked around and then opened her satchel and pulled out what looked at first like an ancient phallic carving. It was long and curved, shiny black, with sigils carved into it along the sides. So shiny it looked like it was polished glass, but it was not glass. Have you ever seen anything like this? Hicks blinked and stared. Is, is that a... The woman smiled. It's a piece to an ancient strap-on, it seems. Been a heirloom, as far as I can remember. No one would tell me what it was, or why they had it, until I was older. And now, I'm going into the forest to find the other piece. Hicks looked at the base. Oh, it looks like it screws into something. She chuckled. Well, someone was certainly doing some screwing. She laughed, and both men exchanged glances, blushing. So, would you two like to join me? Cal started to say something and then paused. Wait a minute, he began. Did you happen to see that guy screaming and running out of here when you came in? The woman looked confused. 
No. What man? Cal and Hicks looked at each other. He would have been hard to miss. Tattered clothes, dirt all over, screaming that something was out to get him. The woman frowned. Nope. I would have remembered seeing that. Cal stood up and looked at the windows, seeing it was now pitch black out. He looked at his watch, and it was after 11 p.m. Jeez, where'd the time go? I guess we better get going. While Cal and Hicks were completely clueless as to where they were going, the woman in black leather seemed very sure of herself, walking straight ahead, deeper and deeper into the forest, until it was pitch black, save for their flashlights. The air was thick with fog by the time they reached their destination. Other than the hooting of owls and chirping of crickets, there were no other strange noises or sights to see. That was until they reached the cave. A wide-mouthed cave opening, with large trees on either side of it, with the entrance to the cave blocked by an equally huge boulder. Hicks stared up in awe while Kel inspected the cave opening and the boulder. There was something carved around the opening and a dark fluid dripping down the sides and center of the boulder. Kel shrugged. Looks like someone didn't want anyone going in, that's for sure. He felt a nudge and he turned to see the woman standing behind him, close enough that he could smell the leather she was wearing, and the scent of whatever earthy, exotic perfume she was wearing. She pointed her flashlight, not without an offering. Kel's mouth dropped open when he saw what her flashlight was directed at. He hadn't really paid attention to the trees at the mouth of the cave, but what he saw gave him pause. It was not just the mere size of the trees, but their shape. Holy sh! Hicks exclaimed. The trees had a feminine shape with large phallic roots protruding from their trunks. Just above the wooden phalluses, something was carved into the bark. Kel squinted. What does it say? He asked. It says, in order to enter the cave, there must be a male offering impaled. She pointed to the female trees pegging wood. Kel laughed nervously. Uh, impaled? The woman nodded. If the tree is pleased with the offering... The cave will open. Cal realized now that this woman had to have been here before, or at least knew what was in that cave. How do you know about all of this? He asked. Like I said, I've ancestors here, and they guided me to this place. I also knew that you would help me. Both men stared at her. So you want us to fuck a tree? That may or may not open that cave, and then what? Hicks asked. 
the woman giggled, locked eyes with Hicks. <laughs> I know it's not the first time you've thought about getting fucked in the ass. What could the harm be? And yes, I know what's in the cave, and I also know it's worth. There's something in it for both of you, if you help me. Hicks' face went blank at her statement, feeling the heat rising in his cheeks at the implication. Both men looked from the trees, to the woman, to the cave opening, and that's when they noticed the faint glow coming from behind the boulder. Cal thought long and hard about what the woman said. So by worth, you do mean money, right? The woman smiled, taking a step toward him, reaching to drag a finger along the underside of his chin. Enough riches to retire early if it is your wish and live a fulfilling life as you please. Stepping back, she took a long look at the cave and then spoke, turning away toward the tree. So, who's going to be first? Cal suddenly had thoughts. Thoughts that hadn't come to him in a very long time. Intermingled with the promise of wealth and never having to work again. The wheels were turning and he was seeing dollar signs. He remembered his doubts back at the office and joking with his co-worker that she'd never have to see him again, and that he had not believed the rumors that they would find anything mysterious or strange in the woods. But before he could voice those thoughts, Hicks chimed in. I'll do it. The woman and Kel looked on. Kel was surprised by his friend's lack of hesitation as he began to unbuckle his belt and drop trout. Uh, so do I just, um, uh, back up on this, uh, this, this wooden, uh, he looked behind it, a little nervous for the first time since he jumped into action and noticed the tree phallus was shimmering and glistening with something that resembled lube. A momentary panic filled him. That's kind of weird, he murmured his pondering interrupted by the woman's voice. It's ready for you, she mused. Just relax and let nature take its course. Hicks obeyed, slowly backing up against the strange, glistening phallus and felt its pulsating warmth against his bare cheeks. Oh, he cooed. Oh, that feels nice. Kel looked on and felt a strange mix of terror and arousal, seeing his friend mount the tree. He heard a sigh and the rustling of trees behind him, then the murmuring of female voices hissing and purring. Kel backed up, turning to look around and find the origin of the noise. What's happening here? He asked, confused. What's going on? While briefly distracted by the sudden movement in the forest, his attention snapped back to Hicks when he heard the loud, Ah! Turning his attention to a sight 
that would haunt him for the rest of his days. The tree was not a tree at all, and there was a loud creaking, snapping, and splitting of branches as the being took hold of Hicks, gripping him tightly and began thrusting wildly into him. Vines shot up out of the ground and held him fast, the tree nymph screeching in ecstasy and raking his back with her claws. Kel looked on in horror, everything happening all at once. The sudden rumbling from the ground, the boulder creaking, sighs of the forest as they watched Hicks getting pegged. The woman who brought them here began to unzip her jumpsuit, peeling off the leather to reveal her own shimmering skin. The rumbling got louder as the boulder began to move away from the cave opening, the light from the cave getting brighter. You tricked us, Kel cried, nearly drowned out from howls of Hicks' unrelenting pounding. Stepping out of her leather jumpsuit, the woman turned to face him. You are a non-believer, are you not? We have a place for you here, too. But first, I will show you I was telling the truth. She waved a hand, gesturing for him to step inside the cave. Kel trembled, looking from Hicks' blissfully tortured expression as the being continued to take pleasure from him, its moans growing louder, mingled with sighs from the other tree nymphs, and ah, and oohs, and yes. Everything in the forest seemed to be alive, and as strange as this was for him, and while he knew he should turn heel and run, he found himself walking toward the light, unable to resist the pull of whatever was in the cave. As it would happen, the mysterious woman had not been fibbing about the riches waiting in the cave. No sooner than he stepped inside the mouth of the cave, the light illuminating the cave walls encrusted with gems and jewels. Resin dripped from the walls Gold and silver covered the cave floor. The deeper he went inside, the more glorious the jewels and treasures were that he laid eyes on. She was right. There was more than enough here for a man to retire and never have to work a day in his life. That's when something else caught his eye. A large, golden statue of a woman, resembling the stranger, with outstretched hands that turned into golden branches, and at her feet, a large jeweled chest, overflowing with locks, all different kinds of locks, all made of gilded metal, glistening in the light. Upon closer inspection, Kel noticed that several of the locks were chastity cages. Kel turned to the woman, who now stood behind him, nude, her body covered in those same gems and jewels, her eyes shimmering unnaturally in the light. 
She was smiling and waiting. Who are you really? Kel asked. The woman took a deep breath, Kel watching the rise and fall of her breasts. Every year I lure men, just like you, into the forest to feed my maidens and let them take delight in the men who are captured. Every year we take the souls of these men and the ones who are lucky to escape are not so lucky as they think. The forest will always bring them back, and when it does, the price will be paid. So, do you still want your reward? His head was swimming with questions. What would happen to Hicks? How much of these riches would he be allowed to leave with? Would he have to take his turn with the trees or with this mysterious goddess to be allowed to leave? His greed consumed him. Kel did not want to leave empty-handed after seeing what was in that cave. The opportunity to never have to work again and endless wealth was too tempting. So, I'll have enough to retire, right? And I don't have to return to the cave once I do whatever it is you ask of me. The woman grinned, taking a step closer and cupping his face in her hands. You have already done all that I need or would ask. Pressing her lips against his, she kissed him passionately and then pulled away. Kel licked his lips. Sweet, honey, chocolate, berries. An explosion of delicious flavors filled his mouth and immediately he began to feel dizzy. Oh, he groaned, holding his head and then shaking it. No, please, please wait. How do I get my... In an instant, Cal screamed and was on his back, being dragged by his ankles out of the cave. Wait, he screamed. Wait, wait, please. Then he heard more murmurs, sighs, and laughter, as whatever dragged him out into the woods continued. His clothes began to rip, being torn away by vines and thorns and what felt like claws, all reaching out to scratch at him. The sounds of the forest laughter grew louder, drowning out his own screams of terror. Kel awoke three days later, in a hospital outside of town. He was unable to tell doctors or the police what happened to him. The police questioning him about the disappearance of Hicks, who hadn't been seen since the night they went into the forest. Kel's memory was spotty. He had bruises and scratches all over his body and a brand new gilded chastity cage locked on his cock. When the doctors asked about it, he couldn't tell them how he got it, on or from where. When they tried to take it off, it wouldn't budge. After a day or so, he was released, still sore, and allowed to go home. Flashbacks of Hicks being subdued in the forest, the mysterious woman, and an ache down below from whatever had been done to him when he blacked out. 
He realized he would probably never get the cage off, unless he went back to the forest. Upon stepping inside his apartment, something glowing from his living room caught his eye. Walking toward it, his heart skipped a beat. The woman had kept her promise after all. A small chest, filled with gold and jewels, sat in the middle of the floor. Kel could now enjoy his riches. He would never have to work again, and he would also never again use his cock. This is Duchess Willow, and I hope you've enjoyed the story, which is a slight continuation of Friday the 13th. The Halloween blog train is ending in a few more days, where we will celebrate Halloween and enter into November. But don't get off the train yet. Keep on chugging and have a visit with Mistress Harper. She's your next stop and I'm sure she has something delicious planned for you. Stay safe and stay blessed.